Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog, um, the all new Scottish Rugby Podcast as you'd say. Um, we've had a bit of a relaunch this week so you might notice some uh, lovely new branding on, on your podcast apps and in the top corner as well of the uh, of the live stream. Um, joining me this evening we've got Ian Hay, good evening Ian. Yes but uh, because it's a, a all new podcast I've been recast. Um, Have you? You drink? Is that because you're drinking coffee and oat milk? It's because it's because I'm drinking vegany coffee. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's we've, that's that's what we've. Uh, is that your? We're relaunching Ian Hay. <laughs> no, we're not going that far. Um, <laughs> but if we could, that'd be nice. Sorry, I'm just taking my shoes off. Uh, hence the straining there. Yeah. Anyway, that's done. Hi. Good. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. Um, and also joining us this evening, we've got Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. How are we doing? Uh, uh, part, sorry, my you, part of the relaunch is fitting in with you two boys. I've brought the beard back, so... Uh, <laughs> Very um, good. <laughs> You've got to be on brand. That's the other part of the brand. Is it everybody everybody on this podcast has to have a beard. <laughs> um, so, um, yes, we, we, we're doing a bit of a relaunch. Um, there'll be um, some minor differences. You don't have to resubscribe or anything to the podcast streams, but... Um, what you will notice is the main podcast that you'll get through your podcast app is going to be around 40 to 60 minutes in length. Um, you'll get news. We're doing Pick of the Six while the Super Six is on, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, and something called Belters and Bams, where we just kind of pick up uh, on the, the good and the bad from the week. Uh, and then that's that's your lot. Uh, if you're a Patreon and you can subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast from uh, £3 a month. If you're a patron, you're going to get hands in the ruck, and we are going to swear during that because, uh, as any regular patrons will know, um, swearing is allowed on Patreon podcasts. So during the live, the live stream will end for every most people apart from our patrons uh, after belters and bams, and then we're going to have, we'll have a little five minute uh, comfort break, and we'll be and a chance to go in and kind of consult the Profanosaurus. And come back all, all guns blazing and do some hands in the ruck. So, hopefully that should be. Uh, ho- hopefully that's that'll work out well. Um, there's not been much news because there isn't much going on in the world at the moment. Now the Lions is finished. However, um, Craig, it's probably worth mentioning because we didn't cover this on the podcast previously because we were kind of mainly focused on the Lions the last few weeks. But Duncan Hodges left Edinburgh. Yes, yeah, he has. Um, it's uh, you know, um, it's what twelve years now, and he's 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 been fin- he has uh, what's the word? He's been a very very good servant to the club, and he's done a, a fair few things, and uh, we're very appreciative of, of him and his time. But I don't think he really was going to fit in with um, with Mike Blair's philosophy, I believe. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's difficult because, like I said, he's been he's been around the club for a few years, but I, I suppose that. That, that there's not been a lot of kind of new blood and new coaches brought in to replace him or, or give fresh ideas. Maybe surprising he's been around that long, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I don't know. I don't know whether they decided that um, because he took on the um, interim coach for a period of time that uh, that he was going to get rewarded with a little bit more time uh, when Cockers came on board. But Cockers also, you know, I, I don't know if Cocker, Cockers really knows what an attack looks like. So um, I think uh, he, uh, he needed someone there to help him. Um, but you never know, you might see him turn up uh, alongside uh, a, a revamped England um, coaching team and see Duncan, an attack. Duncan Hodge. Oh, yeah, you never know, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Any anything he can do probably uh, might might improve England a little bit. You never know. <laughs> uh, well, well, Cockers is apparently Ian off to England. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be his but forwards coach, is it? Or yeah. yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I'm not sure that the forwards are going to be welcoming the idea of having Eddie Jones and Richard Cockrell beasting them on at national yeah. windows. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. There's already been murmurings, frequent murmurings of players thinking that Eddie Jones drives people too hard and then we've had John Barkley saying the same about Richard Cockrell and murmurings of Richard Cockrell driving people too hard so I don't I, you know I think you're just adding kerosene to the fire there it's like <laughs> it's like you're a monster player at a barbecue <laughs> <laughs> 
it's going to be it's going to be immense. I just just think you know if you thought the England uh, the England team weren't enjoying themselves being part of the England team uh, already, just wait. You know, I think it's it's like just grumpy old men. It's like Victor Meldrew or um, what a still game has just started again down in England. The pair of them sitting there, look, he's crap. Yeah, oh yeah, he's crap as well. And it, oh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it will be. I, I, I might the. the the press conferences, if they unleash <laughs> Richard Cockrell at a press conference around Calcutta Cup time, are going to be interesting now. But I think it's yet to be officially announced, so we'll we'll see. We'll wait and see, yeah. We'll wait and see. He's still, interestingly, though, they always still call him uh, in, in most of the rugby press as former Leicester director of rugby, Richard Cockrell, despite the fact he was at Edinburgh for four years. It's, it's, it, no. No. No, apparently, apparently we don't. But we'll soon see when Mike Blair uh, revs up, revs us up a little bit. We'll see yeah. how far we get. Um, okay, I haven't done it. I, I did promise, and apologies to Martin Bell who requested a a new jingle for Pick of the Six. Uh, there is one coming. I just I've, there's been issues this week that have meant that it hasn't happened. It's basically it's going to be me, me singing Pick of the Six to the blanket blank theme tune because I think <laughs> I can get away with it for rights reasons. It scans. It's fine. Um, yeah, so we're doing pick of the six during the um, Super Six season, which should take us up to the um, United Rugby Championship. I'll get that right. Not the ultimate, the United Rugby uh, Championship. And it is the, I've written it down, the four sock Super Six. Four sock, isn't it? I've written that down as well. No, no, no. I don't four sock. I kept oh, saying right. four I've said four. You've ruined it. I, was, I, thought, I thought we'd get it right this week, Ian. Is that, am I wrong? I am I wrong? I thought Doogie Donnelly, uh, not Doogie Donnelly. Um, five bonds. Five bonds. Right. Well. I was close. I got confused with the jingle. I was thinking of the jingle. Um, the uh, he was caused the calling at the Foz Rock as well. It is the Foz Rock. Yeah. Right. I just double checked. Yeah. I've written it down. I've written it down wrong. After I thought I'm going to write it down this week, so I'll get it right, and I've written it down wrong. I always get the um, the, the Heineken Cup because is it is it ERPC or EPRC? I always get the PDR. They both go, they've, they've given them in Europe. They've given them the set really similar names. And it's really really weird because then it's hard to isn't what won the challenge and won the champions. Um, yeah, but there was one season where it was when they, they just had a big sponsor and it was uh, yeah, it, there was initials going on. And I, if you typed in the wrong ones, you ended up with some like you know. Human resources firm based in San Francisco or something. So that's no, that's not where I can find out the referees for this weekend. No, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, so it is the Foz Rock. I must remember. I must think, as we as discussed previously. I must think of Fuzzy Bear with a guitar, and I'll remember it. Um, so pick of the six. Um, there's three games this week. Um, the idea is we just kind of pick out kind of what what we liked, what we enjoyed. It's a couple of talking points each from the from the games. Um, Craig, I'll start with you. And what's your kind of pick of the six this week? Um, well, obviously, uh, the, the, it was the um, the Sterling Harriers game on. Um, it was on was on uh, or played um, on T on Free Sports, and then you had to catch up online with the with the other games or on the Scottish rugby platforms. Um, Harriers are showing. We th- I thought they would get their act together. Um, but they are showing quite regularly that they are not ready for this this season. Um, the uh, how Stirling managed to lose that game, I do not know, um, because Stirling looked very very good in attack, um, and they looked phenomenal in defence. They did an incredibly good job in defence, um, but Harriet's were, were there was gaps everywhere, and they were only realigning um, and. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it struck me that they, they looked they looked like a club, a, a, you know, a club side below um, uh, below the Super Six level um, at the moment, um, which is a shame because they've got some some phenomenal players in there that need need to show their you know to co- to step up. I think that's. I I had something similar because I think the the, the there's a gap starting to show now between. The top three teams, then Sterling and then Boromir Bears and Harriets. And for me, the difference is is conditioning. I think that the talent's there. Like you said, it's yeah. you know the fact that they're the fact that they're winning games against they have no right to win against Sterling shows they've got the skills. So it's not a skill set one. But if you look at I mean, particularly in the front row, you've got guys that look like 
the club players playing at what should be a semi-professional level. So I don't know if that's just coronavirus has hit their preparation, so they've not been able to sign. They're kind of having to scrap around for club players who can come in and do a job for them early doors. Um, but they they don't look like they're in the same condition when you. It's I mean it's apples and you comparing apples and pears when you literally. Um, in terms of body shapes, when you get, you know, if you compare them to kind of the, the the condition of Watsonians or the Southern Knights, or, or and 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 Air as well, they're all really well conditioned teams. Um, but like you said, just Harriets and and Burramir as well to a certain extent. I mean, I know I said in the opening weekend, I thought that Burramir, if they cut out the mistakes, could could be a very good side. But I'm, you know, again, they they're struggling. I think maybe kind of it, the fact they're playing Harriets in the opening weekend maybe kind of made them look better than they were. I, th- I think it's... I just don't see... They don't seem to have any cohesion at the moment in time. And and I agree with you about Borough Muir. I think Borough Muir, they, uh, that was one of my points in, in, in what I've been, you know, watching. And Borough Muir seem to have some phenomenal players, at, uh, uh, you know, at their... Um, uh, at their disposal, and, and and they just don't seem to be coming together as well. So it, it, I don't know whether it's a lack uh, because of COVID. I think I think you know I think everything uh, everything in the world is going to be blamed on COVID for the next couple of years. But um, uh, it's it's it just seems they seem they just don't seem to be right. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know. What, or, what or or and I don't you know I don't want to keep coming back to the format of the super six and this isn't this is just this is it's a fact that we have three teams based in Edinburgh. so the pool of particularly front row which is a specialist position other positions you can you know you you can you know find a tall lad to fill in at lock you can find enough people to fill in the back row and you can probably find enough backs but getting somebody who can play front row for you in a pool like as big as Edinburgh for three teams is always going to be a struggle and I don't know if that that maybe plays into a bit, Ian. Um, well, or conversely, the beautiful sights of Edinburgh could attract people, but um, <laughs> then of course the problem is you're you're importing, uh, and although, well, I mean, what do they say about the Super Six? Is it a develop? It's not a development no, league. No, it's not a development league. Yeah, but you know, it's it's often seen as a step to going pro. Um, that is one thing I've, I've I was sort of going to mention as a Unfortunately, I'm going to start on a on a downer in, in my Super Six chat. Um, it is quite nice to see that you know the teams are playing expansive, or they're trying to be ambitious. You know, they're playing mm. expansive rugby. You saw like Watsonians, for example, um, when they were seven three up. Uh, you know, the easy kick at goal to, to extend the lead, but instead they they ran it and eventually you know what got a try. But um, coming off the back of the the Dower Test series, we know that. Packs and set pieces, you know, having a solid set piece wins games, and that's the sort of one area which doesn't, you know, no, nobody really looks cohesive or like that's one of their strengths. I remember Gordon Reid when he was, you know, after his stint at Ayrshire Bulls, he'd said, you know, he wasn't, he didn't think the scrummaging was up to much. Um, that's, that's maybe a bit of a worry. It, it, it certainly doesn't didn't seem to be that way. You know, if you're looking at um, more. You know, if we go back to the Harriets and the Stowen County game, they were they had reset after reset and penalty after penalty. Um, there was no, I, I think just so it started to the getting to the end of the game, we started to see some scrums that were actually being completed. Um, so it, it is a difficult thing. And but then you look at, you know, there are a lot of the. Well, I had to have a wee look at some of the. The, the the forwards and thinking that they're not in condition, you know, they just didn't mm. look like they're in in condition. If they, if these are semi professional, you know, they're meant to be semi professional players, and if you're thinking they're going to step up into an Edinburgh or a Glasgow game or into a team to, you know, their fitness made seems way off. Yeah, I mean the thing, and I think even if we're not saying this, even if you're not looking at it as a development league, even if you're saying this is a, you know, the SRU saying this is a product that we want people to buy into, we want to kind of grow the game of rugby. This is where you'll see the stars of tomorrow, but also it's an opportunity for guys who haven't quite made it to the professional level, but but are good enough to play at this level. 
he is, you know, he, he is this product to what put together, and that's no good if you've got, you know, prop, you know, club level props because what what are you seeing that's any different? So I agree. I think the conditioning needs to be sorted because otherwise you're not going to get the the you know there's there's no difference there's no point of difference in the super six as a product to the premiership yeah if they're not going to if they're not going to raise the level and you wonder whether or not the you know one of the answers is i guess in the SRU's interest to for this product to work so whether or not you send somebody in like who's the, who's Scotland scrum forwards coach at the minute it's, it's um Massimo Fortita. No, you know, whether there's a role for some like De Villiers to go around all the you know, all the teams as a resource or, or to give them as a resource and say you can tap into high level coaching and we'll come and sort your scrums out because we need the scrum. We we can't have reset after reset. We can't have these guys going down because we want people to come. <sighs> I, 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 I would, you know, but then it's, is, is it then a development league? You know, uh, you've got coaches, there, there's coaches that are being paid to go and uh, to actually um, work with these teams. You know, they're getting paid money they're, or they're, 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 they're part-time or whatever they are. You know, you've got some of the, you've got Ryan, is it Ryan Grant, I think, that's gone to, gone to one of the teams as well, or is he in one of the premierships? Premiership teams, anyway, but they're bringing these coaches through. They should be. They should be really aligning with the Scotland setup. You know? I guess. I guess. The, I guess the answer is after the season. If 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 guys aren't willing to come in and do the conditioning work and get themselves into shape, and we give them a buy this year because it's not, you know, it's not a normal season, and they've maybe struggled for front rows. If they can't get good quality, well conditioned front rows, that I know there are plenty playing in the Premiership, National One, National Two, National Three that. Would who are probably in much better nick and condition yeah. who could go and do a job would give somebody else a chance, sign somebody else up. Um, but the the is something you was I was thinking, Ian, in terms of what you were saying about ju- just the you know the fact they're playing expansive rugby, I think it's great for the you know, obviously for the spectator, but I, I do think, and particularly the Watsonians Borough Muir game, I think the better teams need to be a bit more ruthless. With the defence and with you know the uh, Boromir scored that try through Kaleem Burrito and uh, and that you know it was a phenomenal try you know step and go and it was the only thing they really looked like doing all day. But aside from that, they shouldn't have you know they, they should have really shut up shop when they were that far ahead. And I think the same with some of the other teams. You see that yeah, it's great to have these high scoring games, but I'd much rather you know. <laughs> I think if 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 the the longer term game is for these teams to start moving and playing into you know cross border competitions, the guys say maybe English Championship sides or Irish club sides or whatever Welsh sides whatever, you you can't you you can't do that because you're going to get absolutely punished unless you can show a ruthless streak and say, do you know what, you you guys aren't up to this we we're gonna we'll, we'll score our points and then we're going to shut up shop. You can't be the All Blacks against Australia every weekend. Yeah, I, I particularly imagine that. I mean, having seen what the the Irish um, provinces did to, to, to Glasgow and Edinburgh last year, uh, and their style is, you know, they, the number of tries that Ulster scored from lineouts. You know, that that seems to be a sort of um, don't want to stereotype, but that seems to be the Irish way. You know, they've got a, a really good. They work off a really solid set piece game. Um, and if you know if the or uh, super six sides go against that, they will you know get a, get taught a pretty harsh lesson. Lesson, harsh that. Yes, you know what I mean. What do you mean? Aye, <laughs> good. I'm glad we got that solved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the the other thing though, I suppose it's good is Mike Blair releasing players, Craig. You know the fact that we've got you know Jacob Henry's playing, I oh, doing really good on the wing for um you know for for Southern Knights, mm-hmm. and Jordan you know the, the long awaited kind of appearance of Jordan Venter the kind of sixteen we well, could come across a sixteen year old wonder kid him kind of you know getting it getting a run out so I suppose get, 
a, a head coach of a Scottish pro side giving it some legitimacy and saying this is a competition that I want my fringe players playing in is good because it raises the standard of competition, I guess. Yeah, um, it's, they've been, you know, they've, they've been doing it for a little while and, and, and aligning certain fringe players because I think I've, I've seen pictures of uh, Duan van der Merwe and, uh, and a Harriet Strip as well um, when he. You know, he's a boyhood club, I believe. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, the only issue you have is then uh, the pressure is on. And, um, you know, Nathan Chamberlain really showed that on the weekend. And um, he looked particularly poor um, on the weekend. And, and I don't know whether that was because he wasn't getting good ball from from set piece or whether he wasn't he didn't have the other players backing him up or what it was he just looked out of sorts and I think, so it, it, the 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 correspondence between a full professional side and then going to a super six side does seem to still be quite a quite a big gap um whether it's the 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 level of the guys you're playing with or whether you just have you know you you're you just have a bad day because it was just a bad day for him uh, on the weekend. Yeah. But then I guess we had Ross, you know, it obviously did good for Ross Thompson last season, Ian, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's doing well, at, he's done very exceptionally well at Glasgow and he he played a few games for Bulls last season. Uh, yes, he, he played for Bulls and also Brandon Thompson played a couple of games. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was, like he played for Bulls, but, you know, he got a couple of runouts and he, he never looked like he was comfortable even at that level. Um, <laughs> Um, that's just because of the high standard of Super Six rugby, and that's why. Indeed, um, I've also even like Rory Hughes and Stafford McDowell played a couple of times as well, and they, you know, they, McDowell looked like he was, you know, one of the best players on the park, um, certainly. Uh, but um, I mean, one thing I suppose we could talk about is uh, the performance of Mark Morrison. <sighs> who, oh, what I mean, we, we had uh, I think last week. Um, yeah, last week uh, Lee Miller, Watsonian's captain, and sort of you know, arguably the best standoff in the league uh, last season. Um, he's going to be out for the rest of the season, but Mark Morrison has stepped up and he has booted quite beautifully. Um, he, he was outstanding. You know, uh, I know that Johnny wanted us to talk about the the uh, the quality fifty twenty twos in the um, in the Watsonian's Muir game. Uh, he had ab- two absolute belters. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you know other kicking the touch he absolutely I mean for a wee he doesn't look like there's much to him but he absolutely weathered that ball he mm. plenty of distance and and that really you know his his territorial gains really made a platform for Burmese uh, sorry Watsonians to, to turn the screw so he's he's definitely one to watch he's Scottish qualified um we'll see if there's a wee bit of the there's a wee bit of the Finn Russell to him he looks pretty yeah. confident. The other, the other, the other one, uh, obviously worth watching is the uh, the guy playing standoff for Bulls this weekend as well, um, who's got a very familiar surname. There was a certain Townsend mm-hmm. playing ten, and he looks. He, I mean, he, uh, you know, he, obviously it's Gregor's son, but you know, he looked. He was one of the brighter ones in the, you know, the, when the under twenties played England this year. He grabbed himself a really, really good try, and I thought he looked really confident. As well, he, he again. This kind of shades of Finn Russell, I suppose, and, and Townsend as well, um, with the way that he was playing. He threw a couple of good offloads, and you know, he shifted the ball around well as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he he looked uh, looked um, particularly good. I think, and and that's where you know you, you look at the other standoffs within the, within the, the, all the games, and, and and these guys are getting the chance to make and say, well, you know. You you're you're signed on with a professional club, and look at me, you know. Um, and I think that's that's what this this competition will give give those players, the fringe players, and and both the professional teams, some healthy competition. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I quite liked, I, I I thought the referees have been really good in the Super Six. I think it comes back to something we were talking about. Um, and Craig, we were talking about this about the with Alliance Tour about how much referees talk. At the top level, but there's none of that. The, well, from what you know, the, the games I was watching, the, the, there's not much of that. They get you get your warning and then you're pinged for it. Yeah, which is which is as it should be. It's absolutely spot on. It's you know you you get your warning and then they they were blown up straight away. Yeah, it's 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 been a that's the 
for me, it was just lovely to actually watch rugby without a physio barking orders to fold um, from the uh, from the dead ball <laughs> area. Um, there was not very many water boys on the park, um, and, and I'm not I'm not point point that you can go on a bit rassy, but I'm talking more about just just uh, as normal when you're watching a game. All these all these people come on the park whenever there's a break in play. You didn't have that, um, uh, so it was it was good. And also, what I liked about it is that. He, the, the referees were working with their um, assistant referees very well because they didn't have they, they didn't have didn't have a TMO to go to, so it was very much go over. What do you think? What do you, oh yeah, uh-huh. and I saw um, the referee on the uh, the Stirling Harriets game uh, was about to to do. Uh, I think he was going to give a, a yellow card if I remember correctly to. Um, uh, to Ian Wilson and the other ref, the other the assistant referee said, "No, actually, let's have a look at this." And he talked about it, and he actually said, "Right, okay, it's just a penalty," um, which I think was a correct decision, even though Ian might uh, Ian might um, disagree with me. I, I don't think it was a correct decision because he'd already like basically had him with his head pointing towards the ground before the the county players came in, um, and and sort of completed the the foul for him. <laughs> um, I, it was reckless and it put him in a really dangerous position. I think it was a yellow card. No, well, you see, I, I'm not particularly sure. I thought he was going in for the he was going in for the whole holding the ball into the body, and uh, he had and and he just got caught the wrong way, and he went back and took him with him. He could have let go, I guess, um, but then if he lets go when the guy's up and you know in the in the full suplex position, then he's going to hit his head on the ground. So he, at least he put him down correctly, I felt, but. We could argue that all night, I suppose. And plus, he's an ex-How player, so I can't say very much. <laughs> um, the, there was another one. I think was it the Bears Watsonians where two players from each side got yellow cards for afters. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's just good refereeing, isn't it? You know, it's like I've had enough. I've given you a warning, no more. And then yeah, one of each of you go off. Yeah, because mind that earlier on, I think Ian Kenny just lost patience because the second half, like the first half of that game, was was excellent. I thought you know it was really entertaining, but then the second half just became a bit of a penalty fest. Because um, remember there was a a penalty was awarded for somebody sarcastically tapping the ass of a Boromir uh, <laughs> player, um, and then like you said, you know there there'd been a few few be handbags and then. Once it was going off like the fourth time, it was like, right, you two, I've had enough, both eat half. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was good to see. Um, and no need for lots of discuss, discussions with the assistant about who'd, who'd starred all and all this. It's just the pair of you just acting like... What, one each, I don't care who you're off. Right, pair yeah. of wallopers, yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other picks for you, Ian? Um, I wanted to just a wee highlight from the... Yeah, it's game that uh, Jed Gilderbloom tackle, uh, the try saver in the corner. That was Chris Patterson esque. Did you see that? Mm. Yeah. What an excellent tackle! He, he was really good when he came on. Um, uh, so that that's another thing. And uh, is it Harvey Elms with some some nice yeah. touchline ac- acrobatics. Oh, and oh, who's the Callum Marshall? I know you'd picked up on the Borough Muir and uh, sorry, the Watsonians player coming to it was. When the ball bounced, he pick, managed to pick it up. Yes, in one fluid motion. Did you see Callum Marshall's charge down? Yeah, on, I think Jordan Trotter's kick, and he managed to catch it. That's incredible. Yeah, that was that was how he got that ball. That was a uh, you know that was. I don't know. I, I think maybe the camera angle kind of threw us because I think it, it did actually bounce in the ground, but it bounced straight up right into his hands. Yeah, but still uh, they, to get, but still to be able to regather like that and then just oh, charge for the yeah. line. It's uh, yeah. Fabulous. Yes, there's been some good skills. I mean, I think there's maybe been some uh, cohesion issues. Obviously, yeah. it was the first time they've played. It's only like, the th- well, apart from their warm-up games and all that, you know, there's third game and com- third competitive game in 16 months or so. You know, there's been some nice little bits of flair. Stuart uh, Saunders scored a, a magnificent try for Herrick's last week. Yeah. Um, and even that, I mean, like, you know, Archie Russell's try... You know, for Sterling, where he just, you know, the line he took to kind of then barge through was, you know, it was lovely. And, you know, these, I mean, Archie Russell's not, he's not Finn and he's not, but he's played at a decent level. He's played at varsity level. So uh, th- there's enough skill on show. I think it's just, like I said, a part of its conditioning. I think for the teams at the bottom end, there's conditioning issues. 
for the teams at the top end, I think it's just then maybe you need to show a little bit more ruthlessness. Like you said, Ian, there's no reason for the Watsonians Boromir game to kind of fall into that kind of, you know, penalty fest in the second half if Watsonians could have just tightened it up and just seen the game out, to be honest. And nobody would have criticised them for doing so. And that's that's the kind of things I think that need tightening up. It, and I was speaking to uh, Rhiannon that was on the podcast last week. She, she said she'd be keen to come back. And I, I jokingly said, I'll not make you walk, watch any Super 6. And she said, no, I'd be, I'd, she actually said she, she'd be keen to. So I wonder, it'd be interesting to kind of get, we might get somebody on the podcast who's not Scottish mm. and say, look, watch one of these games and genuinely, you know, give, give us your, because I think that for, from a skill point of view, I think it's up there. I think there's there's other issues that can be fixed. But from an entertainment point of view and from a skill point of view, I think it's it's a very good standard. But I don't. I, I worry that it, I think if complacency sets in that this is good enough, then it's not going to go anywhere. I think if they if they can sort the other issues out, then it's a it's a very very good uh, competition potentially, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, for example, um, we haven't mentioned them yet, but the Southern Knights do seem to have a fair bit of control on them, um, yeah. and they, they, you know, they can they can shut down or open up the game as they as they seem to as, as they wish. Um, so, you know, they seem to. In fact, they're probably my tip for the for the. You know, I know I know Johnny's pinned his Watsonians. He's, he's flagged to the master Watsonians, but I think that the, the, the Southern Knights. Could do well if they get the football um, goals off their uh, off their pitch, which I noticed, which uh, <laughs> was sacrilege uh, from the in the south. But um, no, I uh, I think uh, you know they are they are looking like they're going. To, I, I would say they probably improve. You know, if they can improve on that, I think they've been unlucky that they played Stalin the first weekend when everyone was finding their feet. Because yeah. otherwise, I agree. I think they've been they've been very good. I think the Bulls look good. I think those top three teams, the Watsonians, Bulls, and Southern Knights all have something about them. Mm. Um, and but, but I do, I think probably Bulls and Southern Knights for me are the two that look like they've got more sorted across the board than the other four. I think, I think, you know, especially, I think if you, if you look at, I suppose, Watsonians, uh, but very much the Southern Knights. I want to call Southern Knights every time I think of it. I'm, I'm thinking more. <laughs> I'd rather start calling them Melrose. Mr. Man. I got trouble from my missus for doing the accent. She doesn't like my accents, but uh, um, but uh, I think um, you know Melrose have been at that top level for some time, and and so they understand what's needed, and so they're automatically. Um, they're at that level almost already for the control of the game. Um, I think uh, it'll be an interesting uh, if if we could get. You're always going to have a, a team within the league that is probably borderline should be in that league or should be in the league below them. Um, uh, but you're always going to have that. But I think that, that there is a lot of um, potential out of all the teams. But as you say, the top three are definitely shining at this moment in time. Yeah. Any more picks from either of you for the for the pick of the six? No, I think I'm I'm, I'm good. Um, I don't see the full I don't see the full match of the the Ayrshire Bulls. Well, I've seen the highlights. Did they have yeah. it? Was it, was it on? Was the full match on? Anyway? It's on. So you can watch the Friday night matches live on BBC, and then the it's on the Scottish Rugby oh. YouTube channel afterwards. Yeah. The other two games are then live on Free Sports, and you can download the Free Sport app and watch them afterwards as well. If you live outside the UK, you can watch them on the Scottish Rugby YouTube channel, I think. Mm, uh, yeah. But they're geo-blocked from in the UK. So I watched the I watched the Watsonians Boromir game through the YouTube channel, and I've got the series links it up for the free sports, and that only had Sterling. Is that Sterling this weekend? Yeah, it just had Sterling yeah, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I need to try and find their match. So, yep, very good. Um, we'll go do belters and bams now. So this is kind of our things. You know, the bel- belters are obviously good things. Bams are bam pots. It doesn't have to be an individual. It can just be kind of something that's that's annoyed us and bothered us. If you've got any belters and bams, just feel free to get in touch in the normal way. You can get in touch with us uh, on Twitter. I'm at Cammy Black, or we've got at Scott Rugby Blog. 
If you search on Facebook, we're on Scottish Rugby Podcast. We're on Instagram, Scottish Rugby Podcast as well. And you can email me, podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Uh, mostly it's people um, offering me random PR stuff. I keep getting offered. The same man keeps emailing me asking if I want to interview people about haulage. Nice. Uh, I know. If you, want, if you want his details, Craig, you want to chat with him. He keeps saying, I've got him. <laughs> A man who can talk to you about the difficulties in the American haulage industry. I'm like, <laughs> is that front row training? Um, <laughs> well, we do like to, we do like to, you know, tip truck tires and stuff like that. That's yeah. what it is. It's like, you know? mate, if you can get me an interview with Peter Wright, then I'm up there. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um, so um, my. Um, I've got a belter this my for I'll start with a belter. Uh, Louise Dalglish, who's a former Scottish international, has been appointed the assistant coach of Japan Women's, which is very exciting. See, a kind of, I feel, I guess, a female Scottish coach being picked up and and moving elsewhere. I think she was with, um, she played for Scotland. She's uh, coached Scotland under 18s for a bit, and then uh, coached some women's teams in Scotland. So that's quite exciting. Yeah, Daggy's fantastic. She actually uh, ended the uh, ended her coaching in Scotland on a win as well. Uh, she um, coached the Pigbarians to um, an Edinburgh Sevens women women's win um, in their in their second. I think it was the Sofal Cup as well. She uh, um, she's done it. She, she's she's great. And uh, my my wife is involved with Pigbarians and knows Daggy quite well. And they they are um, uh, she's she's done a, she's done Scotland women. A, 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 a huge service and uh, and and good luck in Japan. She'll she'll knock out the park, you know. Yeah, it's really. I think it's quite exciting to see Scottish coaches, I mean, particularly a Scottish woman coach, getting you know the recognition and, and getting some international experience. Because that's only, I think, in the longer term, that's only a good thing. Not just kind of for the reputation of Scotland overseas, but developmentally, that it's something that potentially might bring back to Scotland or just go elsewhere. And obviously, she'd be in contact with people, so it's. It's an it's an exciting move. I would certainly, you know, for me, I would certainly watch her because if, she, if she's going, she's going to get a lot of experience out there. It'll be um, quite an interesting journey for her. But you know, I would like to eventually see her back coaching Scotland women um, yeah. and uh, being involved in that side of things as well. Because the, with you know, in my experience of women's rugby, there's nothing better than than um, a female coach coaching. A female team, they, you know, and I think uh, we need to power, you know, to we need to make sure that this happens. And uh, in fact, to be perfectly honest, there are fantastic women's coaches out there that will coach men as well, you know, and and, and get involved and <laughs> yeah. in, uh, and and bring a lot of their experience too. So um, I think. Well, we um, saw that in the Lions too, didn't we? They had a female coach in the, I mean, a physio technically, but you know, coaching the South African. Yeah, uh, well, she's, yeah she, knew to, she knew how to fold it. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ian, have you got any belters or bammers this week? Um, belter, quite literally, uh, Damien McKenzie and his 59-metre penalty. Oofed. Um, yeah. He looked of... like a deranged stalk approaching the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works. You know, it's, it works, uh, I know. You know That's not good. If a mullet's going to give you that, that's for sure. You know, the mullet <laughs> seems to be the power. It was, it was more the way that he kind of pounced... Like kind of approached it, kind of I snuck up on the ball as though it wasn't expected. If I take it by surprise, it'll go further. <laughs> I did. I did enjoy the stat that said that even if you only counted try scored by players with mullets, New Zealand still would have what, beaten Australia. <laughs> They've all got mullets, so it's, know, it doesn't really fifteen-man game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, then Bams, with the exception of Michael Hooper and Tate McDermott, the rest of the Australia team, yeah, because they just collapsed. I mean, it's to throw two intercept uh, tries you know, in that game. You know, they they were still in it and then had a man advantage, and then just absolutely, you know, you think Scotland are good for shooting themselves in the foot. This was a capitulation. Um, and it, it's oh, we're playing Australia this year. Oh yeah, but as, oh, yeah. It's, it is. It's very. It's reminded me a lot of Dave Rennie's like first season in charge at Glasgow, where you get good results, but then we're always trying something too much. Probably against, you know, against Leinster or Munster or like Scarlets, as we did in that 
know, that scorching hot day which burnt all our skin, all our poor wee knees. Um, <laughs> you know, they they capitalise on those mistakes. Uh, it's the it's the Kevin Keegan thing, or the Newcastle thing, isn't it? It's like you'll you know you, you'll I'll deliver you fantastic, amazing. You, you'll lose a lot, but you'll lose scoring thirty points. The other team will just have to score fifty. <laughs> yeah, because that's I mean. So, I mean, how does Matt Taylor keep getting these big jobs? His <laughs> 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 he, defensive system's clearly been worked out. Because I mean, Scotland's yeah. defence is going rapidly downhill. And then, you know, that's Australia just had their biggest ever tanking after New Zealand. And New Zealand have dished out quite a few tankings to Australia. Um, so, yeah. A bit of a... Yeah, to I, th- I think they need to tighten up. You know, they, they're they're defending sort of super six level <laughs> against the All Blacks. It's not, <laughs> really not going to help you. Yeah, I don't. I, I kind of think. I, I suppose if you tighten up the, def- it'd be interesting to see the All Blacks South Africa this year, and because that's obviously we've got, we've got the All Blacks haven't we in the autumn, haven't we? Got the All Blacks in the Springboks. Have I got that wrong? No, we've got Springboks. We've got um... Tonga, Springboks, Argentina. Japan, Japan. No. We got Argentina. I thought the All Blacks were coming. Oh, I'm, I'm getting confused with some. We should be. We should have been the. Um... We should have been yeah, playing yeah. them in Dunedin, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we should have been playing them this year. Um, yeah. The Autumn Test Internationals. Tonga. Oh, we are playing Australia. Yay! Yes. <laughs> That's what threw me. I'm thinking this. There was a oh, Townsend v. Rennie. Let's go. Oh, there this go. is two cats, two two rave owners with leopards at the at, at the rave. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's and Roy at the rave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be interesting. Well, if we start dressing like Siegfried and Roy, it'll be, it'll be even more interesting. <laughs> I can imagine Finn dressing as Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. He's got the white Lamborghini. Oh, yeah. Him and Ali Price would just knock it off really well, do you not think? Just imagine. Siegfried and Roy cosplay, that'd be amazing. Yeah, stroking a tiger. Nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Craig, have you got any belters and bams this week? Yeah, um, I've got a, 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 a couple of belters. Um, first one is uh, Club Rugby is back. Um, yep. This last weekend we had some pre-season games and uh, and um, uh, there were some sevens tournaments going on. And so for me, it's just fabulous to see, um, you know, my under eight. The under 18 squad I'm involved with, my sons and under 18 squad are playing this weekend for the first time. Uh, it's just fantastic to have that have um, club rugby back, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, and the other, what the other um, uh, belters, uh, Greg Laidlaw and Matt Dawson, both coming out in uh, in um, protection of uh, our wee Finn, telling everyone that he's not a maverick; he's a real boy. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, sell, selling them all that you know, especially I, I, I've got to say, Matt Dawson. I thought that uh, you know he, that a lot of um, uh, words come out of his mouth that I don't agree with. But you know, to turn around and say, if, and, and funnily enough, if we talk about Damien McKenzie, Damien McKenzie is in a similar style of uh, Finn Russell madness of, and he is called a great for for um, for the All Blacks, um, and Finn Russell is uh, would be called a great anywhere else apart from this country where we call him a maverick, um, or sorry, England call him a maverick. But um, yeah. I, I think I think it's I think for me um, it's great to see these guys coming out, um, people that oh, I'm going to see this people respect, um, and actually saying, hang on a minute, Finn Russell. Um, it may be a little bit too late, to be honest. They should have been saying this many, many times before before, before now, but I think uh, it's great to see people backing them up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. particularly with Dawson, I don't think, you know, whenever he wrote his 23s, he wouldn't have Finn Russell in the 23. No. no. Um, no. So, you know, but pot, well, not pot kettle, just you're a bit late to the party, Matt. Um, yeah, he didn't exactly. He didn't come out and say he was wrong. That's the thing as well, I suppose, yeah. No apologies. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, mercurial. I hate when people... Misuse mercurial. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he's yeah. just good, right? Is mercurial means sometimes brilliant, sometimes rubbish. He's just good, right? Can we stop this ancient? Old... I mean, he's like so. Let's say he has maybe one or two more bad games per season than someone like Johnny Sexton. It's still the rest of the time, you know, ninety-five percent good games. You know, yeah. people hit slumps in form. 
Owen Farrell's yeah, yeah. at a thumping form and they're all, you know, jumping, you know, trying to jump in front of whatever newspaper or camera they can to insist that Owen Farrell is, you know, a test match animal. Um, and, and he's got a little ice in his veins, even though Sia Khaleesi said he looked like he was bricking it before the, the coin toss <laughs> of the World Cup final. Um, so, yes, well, I'm good on Greg and Matt. For there was a, 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 the interview on the official Scottish Rugby podcast is worth looking out with Finn. Um, I, I see it's been it's been what a great week for us, by the way, because every single news outlet that has carried the stories of um you know of, of the Finn Russell interview has, has said he's, he was speaking to the Scottish Rugby podcast. So our listener numbers have shot up this week. So I apologise to anybody who was disappointed when they tuned in to, to us last <laughs> channel last week. But hopefully um, they said enough to get some ad money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. There's ads, there's ads at the start of the podcast. All they have to do is just listen to those and then hear my voice and go, This clearly isn't Finn Russell. This man, and then two people he claims to be Welsh that don't sound Welsh talking about the Lions. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but on that podcast, it was just it was pure Finn Russell. Like, the, the kind of like, What did you think before you went on? Just and it, and the the quote was something like, "Oh, um, well, I didn't think he was that injured," and then they said, yeah. "You need to go on," and I was like, "Oh well, here we go then." And then I just walked <laughs> on the pitch and said, "Come on, Ali, come on, let's have some fun." Like uh, this is like the the pinnacle. This is like you know, in rugby terms, this is the absolute pinnacle of like uh, any no, particularly like British and Irish player reaches a third te- deciding third test. Any other player would be absolutely, I am focused on what I have to do. This is what I've got to do, and I'm so tunnel vision. Let's just have some fun. Away we go. Oh. And look, it gets results. Just when you can, you can, you know, all the people giving it for, he smiles during national anthems. He wins rugby games. It doesn't matter what he does. If he wants to go, if he goes on and he's relaxed, we know he plays well. It just so happens that his idea of fun is winning international rugby matches. <laughs> exactly. Elite level, you'd be, you know, he, he enjoys being an elite athlete. So, you know, let, let him have his fun. Um, I, I don't, one of the bams for me was all the press this week saying Finn Russell's criticised Warren Gatland, and he hasn't. If you, the, no, the actual, no, he didn't at all. The, the quote was We talked in the week about going out and playing more expansive rugby. And in the first 10 minutes, we didn't do that. And so I went on the pitch and that's what we did. So that's, that's a, if anything, that's a criticism of Dan Bigger and maybe Ali Price. That or, I suppose Ali Price can only do what Dan Bigger is offering him from the base of the scrum. But, you know, it's not. that's not a criticism of Oren Gatland. If you're saying in the week we talked about opening up more, that's a criticism of the players not executing the game plan. Well, I think he was quoted quoted in that um, in that interview that he said that 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 was the plan was to open up the game and play play a, a faster tempo rugby, and it didn't happen. So you know, maybe if he is going to be criticising anyone, just as you say, I think the fingers pointing straight at a certain Mister Bigger um, because it, it seemed to be um, that, and, and that's what we all expected, and that's all we, what we all was, what we all wanted from a Tunisia attack, uh, and we didn't get it. And I was absolutely shocked. I was, I was giggling like a schoolboy when Ferrosel came on the pitch because I was so excited because I've been so flat about the Lions and so upset and so agitated about the the, the journalists and the commentators and the Twitter bile that's been going on and then all of a sudden Finn Russell comes on and makes me feel all right. Yeah. And it was and it's brilliant. Like, and it's something if everyone's saying, Oh, this is this is Gregor Townsend's if this is Gregor Townsend's great attack plan, then we you know he's obviously a rubbish coach. It's like he's obviously like it's no, it's the player. If the players aren't going on the pitch and executing what they're asking them to do, then you you know the coaches can only do so much. They can't they can't do a Razzie and actually be on the pitch with them, <laughs> holding the hands. No, that was... Uh, sorry, Ian. No, within like three minutes, he's got Alan Wynne-Jones chucking off loads. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that joie de vivre, uh, you know, good French word, seeing as well, he's playing in France, but he might be off to Japan. Um, you know, it's infectious. And even, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw the likes out of Keith Wood um, talking about Finn Russell. He was sort of like, you know, I didn't think he should have been going at first, but then, you know, you look at that, and that is what you know. 
this is obviously not verbatim, but he's like, that is what a lion is. When you go on a lion's tour, the good players step up to the plate and they say, yeah. I am this good. I am on this tour because I am this good. And yeah. he was the only one or one of the few who actually went out on that tour and has come back with credit. And I think oh, that yeah. seventy minutes of rugby, you know, what I mean, and, and well, I think that that if they'd won that game of rugby, he would have been the player that I don't think for a moment Mario Torji would have won the, the you know, the, the the player of the tournament because it would have gone to Finn if they'd won that match because it was a deciding match and he comes on and does that. And I think the other frustrating thing, and I think we're probably guilty of it too in Scotland, is when he's quiet. Finn Russell, when he's not doing the kind of running into traffic and throwing loop passes and through we think he's not had a good game but it's just that he's he's smart enough not to try that you know if it's not on it's not on yeah his control's coming his, his control has come in quite significantly now and you and, and this is why I'm not getting too upset with people calling him one off if not the best fly halves in the, uh, in the world at the point in time because he he has now started to round his game off, and he's now, you know, his control on that. People are saying minutes, and then he and, and then he got beaten down by the um, uh, by the South Africans. Well, no, actually, he was playing. He was playing to the game, and he was being controlled. And he was holding up. He was telling people where to be, and he was inviting people in to to, to come for the ball, etc. So I, I I think he is getting very close to being one of the best. The best fly in the in, in the world. Yeah. Any more belters and bams from either of you? No. I had I had one belter, and that was um, uh, I had a couple of um, discussions about uh, 2025 and who's going to coach it, and oh, Jesus heard, and I have heard um, all of that. I've heard Pat Lamb. I've heard. Um, this is a fucking yeah. HITR territory. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Well, um, if you and, want to hear, I tell you what. Yeah. Should we save this for hands in the rock and we can have a swear about it? Absolutely. Aye. Okay. <laughs> Let's leave that there then. So thank you very much, everybody who is uh, you know who's listened to us this week. Um, like I said, we're going to if, if patrons want to hang around, we're going to do hands in the rock in a moment, and um, we'll be back next week. I'm not going to be back next week, but John's taking the helm next week. Be more Super Six chat, catching up any any other news. We should start to get some squad news and other bits and bobs from the uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Uh, for the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig and Ian. Hi, all. Catch you later.